0: Hello everyone, this is Trevor with T-Time Reports. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode, especially if you're a Detroit Lions fan. i uh, got a lot to talk about in this episode. Make sure you do tune into our YouTube channel for our NFL Power Rankings and weekly recaps of all the games and our predictions if you're into betting. Uh, we do actually have some really cool uh, stuff coming up, some more content with a new betting series uh, and some guests, so hopefully you guys stay tuned in for that. And make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Tea Time Reports, as well as check out our website, teatimereports.com. you learn more about the show there, learn more about us, and we have all of our social media links there on the website, so it's a little more convenient. Um, as well as just overall if you kind of just want to see, you know, we're not just bots. You know, we actually give a fuck about what we put out here. You know, maybe it doesn't always sound the best because, you know, we don't have $1,000 mics, but, you know, we cover what we love and we're passionate about and we know all you know a little bit about what we talk about we try and learn along the way and we hope everyone enjoys the ride. But uh, getting into the main topic of discussion, the Detroit Lions are the NFC Northern champions of the 2023 NFL season. They won the division for the first time in like 30 years, I believe. I think it was 93 uh, or it was like 91. It was early 90s, like Barry Sanders-esque, Scott Mitchell-esque times, you know. Um, It's been a long time for the team, this club, and the city to have any kind of success um, in in that regard, always kind of being the bottom of the barrel Kind of organization because it was terribly run, horribly coached for so long, um, and, and they had prospects, they had great gems, awesome historic players, but you know just really were never able to put it together. You know, in the past thirty years, as you will. Moving into this past week, uh, week sixteen, the Detroit Lions won a very very exciting game over the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota, thirty to twenty four. Uh, they improved to 11-4, and four, and the Vikings fall to, I believe, 7-8. and eight. Um, But this was a really fun game. Uh, I gotta give Minnesota their credit. They came, they played, they fought fucking hard. You know, and normally I, I get scared of this, but I've seen this from Minnesota the past couple of years against the Detroit Lions. You remember kind of when this team kind of initially started to click. The second win of uh, Dan Campbell's first year over the Minnesota Vikings, in Minnesota, a little curl route to Amon Ross St. Brown to win the game, counting down, seconds were counting down, to win the game. And they've kind of had the edge on this team. I know there was a different coach then, but I just always see the Vikings, it doesn't seem to matter who's a quarterback, they'll throw a lot of yards and touchdowns, um, but they also turn the ball over against our team. We have a, we have a, like a legitimate... Defensive advantage against the Minnesota Vikings quarterbacks, in my opinion. I don't know why. We just have in the past couple years. Uh, I know Kirk Cousins is really good. He'll throw you know, 146 yards and two touchdowns to Justin Jefferson on us, but they won't win the game. That is essentially what happened here. uh, Minnesota had a good game plan, but Nick Mullins turned the ball over four times. Four interceptions from Nick Mullins really destroyed them. I will say this. He fought hard. You know, I know the last throw was an absolute duck. But Nick Mullins threw, I think, the most passing yards in the week in that loss. Uh, he, he clearly understood what was going on. There's a couple things. You know, some of those picks, you know, I, I'm not going to say were entirely his fault. But that last throw, definitely, he threw the game away. Um, and I, I'm going to get into the Lions. I know I was say I'm going to talk about the Lions. But I just want to get the, the Vikings out of the way. Justin Jefferson balled out, had a beautiful, like, third and... 27 yard catch it was it was gorgeous he mossed two guys Justin Jefferson is a dog he just needs a consistent quarterback and I I don't know man like it's weird because they were they had a losing record with him in this year um, and Kirk Cousins seemed to find that you know kind of rhythm with him you know not being on the field and you know now it's kind of you know Kirk is out Things are completely disgruntled in Minnesota. I think they're done the year. I think they're done for the year. Um, I don't think they're gonna win another game, to tell you the truth. Kevin O'Connell's a good coach, but he just he just doesn't he doesn't have a quarterback. He does not have a quarterback to be able to run this offense. And you know, it was one of those things where a couple guys for the Minnesota Vikings really did stand out for me. Uh, Ty Chandler, you know, he he KJ Osborne as well had a nice game, but. It, they just don't have the collective uh, as they have, and like they, they had in the past, you know, in those Teddy Bridgewater days where they seem to be in playoff contention consistently. Um, but last year they got knocked out by the, the Giants in the first round. Um, and it's, you know, they don't look like they're trending upwards in sense of not only player development, but offseason acquisitions and drafting. And I've, it starts with the GM. I know it's a young GM, but I don't think he's making the right moves and I just, I don't know. I, I think that there could be better with this team, especially with some of the, p- the pieces they have on defense. They have they have really good players on defense and solid veterans and young guys that can step up to the plate, but their offense, man, it just seems to get them in more trouble than, than not. I mean, obviously production-wise, you're going to say, what, their quarterback there for 400 yards, You know what? What's the problem? It's genuinely some of the schematically like called plays like uh, during times of the game they brought out some trickery towards the end of the first half which was appreciated they brought the game back within a score they scored at the end of the first half and then they came out and scored they really did have something drawn up there um, and it came down to Nick Mullins turnovers in this game but you know as of late I've just seen you know kind of a plethora of problems with the Minnesota Vikings. But when we talk about the Detroit Lions and this particular game, Amon Ross St. Brown, over 100 yards receiving, um, second game consecutively now. He's gone on a couple spurts of consecutive 100-yard games, but it's cool to just notate that. Jameer Gibbs, 80 yards, two touchdowns. Jared Goff, 257 in the air and a touchdown. He was 30 of 40, by the way. I mean, that's just efficient ball. You know, he's, he's, he's really stepping into that clean play right in the perfect time. Um, he made some nice throws. Uh, Khalif Raymond got involved. Shout out to him. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, I can't preach enough about him. But, you know, I got to just really give credit to Jameer Gibbs because he fumbled in this game and he bounced back. He showed that it wasn't going to phase him. And he has 10 touchdowns on the season now. We have the best running back duo in the league, in my personal opinion. I said this on Twitter. You know, If you guys want to follow us on there, we're pretty prevalent with our NFL coverage in general as well as just football coverage. Um, but you know, we do, in my opinion, excuse me, the Lions do have the best running back duo in the league. Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery, that 1-2 combo. You don't know who's going to start at this point in the season. You don't know who's going to get that series next. And someone's always going to be fresh because you know who our third guy is? It's Craig Reynolds. And he, that guy, he stepped up in two games this year. He stepped up in the past three seasons and showed that he has the playmaking ability to be that solid backup back if needed. And, and I just think we have the the best like pound-for-pound rushing attack in the league Like when you break it down. I know CMC is going nuts. I know Raheem Mostert's going crazy. But when you see the production from these two backs it's kind of insane and then you look at the fact that these guys are still putting up these types of numbers when Jared Goff is having a a damn near career season and it's just one of these things where it's like you got to appreciate Ben Johnson's play calling ability and his offensive scheme and Dan Campbell just kind of being a part of that as well you know and I know Ben Johnson is the kind of the brainchild behind this offense but you know Dan Campbell definitely has either been taking notes or even been a huge influence on this and you know, I, I got to just say, I really do hope Ben Johnson stays another year because this this culture, this club, this organization could use stability. Could he be our Eric Bieniemy for a couple of years? Please, like, please. Like, I, I know it's a stretch, but it, it, it would be so cherished. Um, but after that Week 16 game, Jared Goff is damn near 4,000 passing yards on the season. David Montgomery is 910, uh, 910 rushing yards. Amon Ross St. Brown, over 1,200 receiving yards. Alex Angeloni, over 110 tackles. Kirby Joseph had two picks in this game against Nick Mullins, making his total four on the season because Kirby Joseph is kind of just a dog. I, I love Kirby, bro. He, he's you know Shout out to him if he's out there listening somehow, some way, some shape, some form. Um, Dave Montgomery, getting into his stats a little more. <clears throat> he did have a little injury, um, so he's only played... <clears throat> Oh my gosh, excuse me, uh, in 12 games, but 195 carries, 910 yards on the ground, 4.7 average, 75 long, three big plays, 11 touchdowns, 75.8 yards per game, two fumbles, one lost. Um, Jameer Gibbs, 13 games played, 154 carries, 872 yards, 5.7 air average, 36 long, uh, 10 big plays, which if you guys don't understand what big plays are, they're plays of 20 yards or more. Which, that's phenomenal. And he has nine touchdowns. I stand corrected. I said he had ten touchdowns earlier. He has nine. Um, and I... Actually, these might not actually be... Yeah, these aren't even refresh stats. I'm sorry. I'm reading ESPN. Like ESPN, can you get on your shit? Like, can you get on your shit, bro? Come on, bro. It's, it's about to be week fucking 17 in a day. In less than 24 hours... Week 17 kicks off and they do not have their stats updated. I am sorry about that, y'all. I was teasing everyone. So, if you um, kind of added what you got out of the Minnesota game to some of the stats I just read you, but I mean, I think we all know the numbers. You know, I don't think I need to go over the numbers to really describe this team. This team is hard nosed, gritty, confident when it needs to be. It plays well when it needs to, it doesn't get down in the dirt. It was playing rough. This team was playing rough for a stretch, for about a month, and every team in the league has, every team, the 49ers, the Eagles, the Jags, the Ravens at the beginning of the season, the Browns, everyone, you got to just fight through those adverse times, push through, show that your coaches and your players can overcome and triumph the odds, because that's what the playoffs is about, and if the Detroit Lions want to change their legacy, change their history, make history for themselves, it's going to start there. It's going to start with a playoff win. Can they win in the big moments? The world's watching. Fuck, fuck the nation. The nation's not just watching at that point. It's playoff ball, baby. Everyone's watching. Everyone. Can they Can they tune up? And everyone's going to be watching this game. Everyone's going to be watching the Lions. Don't get me wrong. No one's not going to be watching. Everyone's going to be peeping that score. And if they see if they see the opposing team at home at Ford Field pulling away 14-0 in the first fucking quarter, they're turning it off. They need to compete out the gate. Go up 7-0, get the stop. Both sides, all phases of the ball, need to show up and execute. And we've been seeing that the past two weeks, against Denver and against Minnesota. And honestly... What I know is that this is the perfect time to get hot. This is the perfect time as a club to get your ball club ready to go, ready in rhythm for playoff football because this upcoming week in week 17 in the regular season, the Detroit Lions have to travel and pretty much play a playoff game. This is a practice playoff game. Not a practice. I don't even want to say that. I don't even want to manifest that. I just did. Fuck. But what I'm saying, in essence, is this is a game they need to legitimately, whether they win or lose, take every fucking note you can to the playoffs. You're already in. If you lose this game, if you drop this game, it's a shame because you could have actually gotten better seeding because the Cowboys aren't fighting for better seeding. They are where they are right now. But it's to the point where the Lions win this game. They not only get better seeding, potentially, but... It shows that they can play playoff-caliber teams in prime time because this is a Saturday night game away. Because we know if we get better seeding, we have a home playoff game in Ford Field, which that, that would be amazing. We're pretty damn good at Ford Field. They, they Detroit shows up for the Lions. They do. It's just how it is. You have to. Um, But no, I, I can really see this going the way that, you know, we expect it to, and maybe the Lions do drop this game. Dallas has a damn good defense, a damn good defense, to tell you the truth. Um, but they've had some suspect couple weeks, and like I said, the Cowboys have even dropped some games. They've looked weird. They don't look like they're 100%. Is it coaching? Is it just them kind of losing an edge a little bit? I don't know, but I feel confident going into Dallas this week on Saturday. I do. I do. the The past two weeks, after watching what I was able to watch, it you know we didn't play full sound football against Minnesota, but we won the game. I expected us to win a game that if it meant to go to a, if it was going to go to a shootout, which it did, we can win that. We can win that. Still create turnovers, and you know who won the game? Our defense. Our defense against Minnesota. You know who won the game against the Broncos? Our offense stellar performance damn near perfect i mean that's what you want to see and if we can get that to click at once and if we're if the stars are aligning in a way that you know i'm kind of hoping for that we can see this team for the first time all season all season truly truly show both both sides of the ball at 1000% we're not getting all of our, p- our our playmakers back like CD Deuce. I don't think he's going to be back at Dallas. I don't know. I prefer if we maybe hold off on that. Same with Aleem. I'd like those guys to maybe get some rest because we've been winning and playing damn good ball, you know, with the guys that we've been you know working with, and not slighting the guys that have been injured. But we've been producing and going through the struggles without them, and I would like those guys to get healthy for playoff time. You know, and we, our backfield and the defense is getting, it's looking better and better, bro. Kirby Joseph emerging. Brian Branch was the highest rated defensive back of week 16, by the way, everyone. Just letting you know, maybe just in the NFC, but damn, that's pretty impressive for a guy I had predicted going 10 overall. But, you know, he fell to the second round and I'm so glad the Lions got him because he is, he is a lion, bro. He He's all around the ball. He's just a true stout player, high IQ Hard hitter smash mouth kind of guy and you appreciate that you appreciate and he was supposed to be a nickel guy and but he's coming in and playing so many different positions he's so versatile and you can only just love to watch it you can only just love to watch something like that because Aaron Glenn is just kind of giving the guy his freedom on the field not confining him to to a specific role like how good is he let's test it fuck it and look what we're seeing. Damn, he should have had two picks. The one he dropped in the end zone, that was a pick. He's not going to let that happen again because that's Brian Branch. That's not going to happen. But you know what will happen? It is if our defense gets to 100% healthy-wise, and we get C.D. Deuce back. We get Aleem McNeil back. Combo with that with Josh Pascal, John Kaminsky, Aiden Aiden Hutchinson, obviously having a really nice season. With Alexander Anzalone, who's probably top three linebackers in the league right now. We know what's talking about him. With Jack Campbell, with Malcolm Rodriguez potentially getting subbed in on third down situations, as well as not only Jalen Reeves, Mabin, and Derek Barnes. We have a a great linebacking core that we need to keep together like glue, and I'm glad we re-signed Anzalone. That was a great re-signing the more and more I look at it, bro. Like, he's a very productive player. He's a captain. He's a leader. That's what you want out there in the middle of the field. You know, he misses assignments here and there because of his lackluster, you know, kind of physical ability in pass coverage, but he's a hard hitter, and, it, you know he 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 gets to the ball you know he I know I said he misses assignments but he damn near tries to make every uh, every assignment no matter what the cost and and that's something I appreciate about him uh, you can tell that he was a Sean Payton uh, uh, Sean Payton guy and, and and that's something that I appreciate because you get that grittiness out of cultures and we brought in the perfect collection of players, perfect collection of guys to, to build this locker room to build up this coaching staff former players. Former execs, and Sheila Ford has been an absolutely phenomenal owner this, these past three years. She's been patient, she's been kind, and hell, she's she's cracked out the checkbook, you know. And, and fuck, this off season, we're gonna be writing a lot more checks. <laughs> that's for sure. But if we can get some consistency, if we can keep this team, this coaching staff together this off season, one more good year, we can build a legitimate developmental program that we know will be reliable that we know we can bring in and bring up and elevate in-house coaches, we can actually legitimately trust in all of the off-season processes in this organization and trust in the culture in the locker room by Dan Campbell. Stand by him. Fight for him. Go, These guys would go through a wall for Dan Campbell, the way they play. And it's beautiful to watch because it's it, there's a saying that, I know I, I'm going to steal this from a film, Moneyball, but Brad Pitt's character, Billy Bean, goes, how, can you, how can't you be uh, romantic about baseball? Nah, how can't you be romantic about football? This team has been historically probably one of the worst sports organizations of all time. Laughed on, shit on, shit. Just shit. 0-16, running out of your own end zone for a safety looking downfield. Just to ignored. No prime time. Only good thing, you got the Thanksgiving game, you know? You had Stafford. You had Calvin Johnson. You had good receivers sometimes here and there, and maybe a good season by a running back. Reggie Bush was there, and you had Adrian Peterson there for a little bit. But man, like this is different. Like this is a competitive organization with a competitive team, with competitive coaches that legitimately know what they're doing. They're not Matt Patricia's. They're not just just idiots, just taking over a, a system they have no idea how to comprehend. I mean, for example, look at Josh McDaniels, Nathaniel Hackett with the Broncos, and McDaniels with the Raiders, this is this legitimate season. And you see this failure happen over and over again, and it it really is the owner's fault. They get duped in the interview, and Dan Campbell can't dupe nobody. He, he's 100% authentic no matter where he goes, no matter who he's with. And, and you get what you get with Dan, you know, and I don't know, I don't know why I said Dan like that, like I know I'm on a first name basis, I just feel like I've been watching this team, interviews, hard not all that, bro, so much content consumed, I love this team, Dan Campbell, you know, you, you ask me, he's coach of the year, just because of the historic relevance of what he's been able to accomplish, the most wins in two seasons in a row, 20 in Lions history, Jared Goff, the only Lions quarterback to throw for 25 touchdowns and and more in two consecutive back-to-back seasons. They're finally having consistency on offense. They finally are getting young players and youth injections on both sides of the ball. Rookie impact is amazing. Brad Holmes, best GM in the league, baby. I've been saying it. And what I've been saying about Jameer. People, like... Dude, he got so excited because he saw that TG three. He saw that CJ, that 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 Chris Johnson. I, I mean, I don't know what I don't know what else like you you need. The proof is in the pudding. This guy is a rocket ship. He is a playmaker, a game changer, a, an edge setter. And with David Montgomery as a complimentary piece, a guy that's going to go get you five yards a clip and. Break one off for 75 yards, potentially. I mean, he's a he's a beast as well. Do not sleep on him too, bro. They have a double-headed monster with a guy that also thrives out of the play-action pass. This is a timing offense. And if they get in rhythm in a game, it's deadly. In fact, it's disgusting. And that's something we got to look out for, especially against a really high-caliber, high-contending, high-quality high, caliber, high, contending, high, high quality defense, and highly coached Defense and Dan Quinn's Dallas Cowboys defensive unit. We gotta we we gotta showcase what we do best in this game, and we gotta do it against some of the best. And for a portion of the season, I considered the Cowboys number one. If we're able to accomplish that, not only is the media gonna go crazy, Twitter is gonna go crazy. Expectations are gonna be high, but I I think I'll legitimately. Like even if we lose in the wild card round, if we don't get a higher seed, if we lose immediately in the playoffs, I'll be so proud of this team. Like I'll be so proud of what this team has been able to go through, from three thirteen and one, to one and six to nine and eight in one season, and then now to eleven and four. I mean the adversity, the struggle, and I like how after the win uh, over the Vikings, Dan Campbell gave the I think the game ball to. What he referred to as the old guard, uh, Taylor Decker, uh, Tracy Walker, uh, Will Harris, guys like that, that have been there a while, that haven't seen success because the team sucked, the coach sucked, ownership was lacking, and now they get to be a part of this. And I'm so glad Tracy Walker is still a part of this team. He's one of my favorite players of all time. Like, he really is, bro. He's genuinely a G. Hard-nosed, intelligent fun to watch, and genuinely more of a leader than you know. He he was wearing that captain band before he had that season-ending injury last year. So I, I appreciate what he is and who he is for this team. And when he's called upon, he steps up and plays damn good football, especially in that backfield where it's getting highly competitive now. I mean, we got a lot of guys there. I mean, Cam Sutton blows a lot of plays, and Emmanuel Mosley tore his ACL in his debut this year, the same one he tore we were waiting for him to come back on. Um, but we really probably need like two corners in the draft. Like, g, shit. Just get two young guys that if one flops, we got another one that could potentially take his place. And if they both thrive, then that's a perk. And I think with Brad Holmes draft selections, I, I think I'm going to bet on the fact that they're going to be two damn good players if we elect to go that route. But I really want to say one thing to everyone out there. really appreciate all the support anyone out there listening across the world um or anywhere in the states you know we really appreciate all the support and we apologize for the little bit of lackluster amount of content coming out uh we got a lot of you know kind of life movements going on you know it's just how it works and how it is and you can't control it but what you can do is you can go with the motions and you know make the best of what you got but this is trevor with Tea Time reports and i really appreciate everyone out there tuning in for our lions coverage Hopefully you really appreciated it, and uh, you know maybe learned something, or maybe disagree with me on it, and maybe you can DM us or you know comment on our YouTube Tea Time reports everywhere. It's greatly appreciated, everyone out there. Stay safe, stay awake, go Lions, baby. Woo.